Hey, happy bye week. Happy let's get some stuff corrected this week. And that goes for the football team, and that also goes for me. Because I said yesterday on the podcast that the players were talking after practice on Monday. The team did not even practice yesterday, so what an imbecile I am. And many people have been telling me that my whole life. So before I get into what is on the rundown for today's show, I'm going to introduce myself. You know me as Brian Fenley. You can find me on Twitter at Brian Fenley. That's Brian with the Y. I'm a co-host for UCLA's Coaches Show, and I'm a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio. You can send me an email to talk anything, checking in, talk about life, talk about Bruin football, lockedonbruins at gmail.com, and then you can hit that subscribe button as well. So the ultimate trifecta here, the the holy triumvirate, if you will, is a follow on Twitter, emailing me, and then hitting that subscribe button, and, and you do all those three things, and that's a good way to get into the good graces of this podcast channel. And Grace is actually the name of my sister, and I told her I would never bring her up on the podcast, but, well, there goes that. So here's what we got for you on the show today. Demetric Felton, his resurgence, and how it's possible that he and Joshua Kelly can both be on the field at the same time. I'm also going to look at the state of the running game as a whole. Also, the clock management has been an issue. It came about in the second half of the Oregon State game. How can the Bruins improve in that department? Plus, what is the most underrated aspect of Austin Burton? Something he did on the field on Saturday that few thought he was capable of. All of that is coming up. Let's let's start this thing off here. A year of disillusion so far for the UCLA fan base. Watching the team weather through ups and downs, and a lot of downs, more downs than ups for sure. And it's been hard locating players, skill position players to be more specific, that have been consistent, right? That have churned out good individual performances, game in and, and game out. And when you look back at recent memory, obviously Theo Howard fits that description. Last year, he had no drops. And he has been reliable and dependable and a veteran and all those good things. But he's been out of commission because of an injury. And so it's been hard to find somebody who, despite all the lulls this team has had to go through, that continues to produce. But there is someone who has done that. And I'm pretty sure you know who I'm talking about. Obviously, Demetric Felton. Now, when he does get the ample amount of touches and carries, this guy always seems to take advantage of it. Obviously, there was some uproar in the game against Arizona when he was little used and did not have a lot of touches. But I feel like there was this wake-up call around the coaching staff after that, like saying, like, we got to find a way to get this guy on the field. Because Chip Kelly had said not too long ago that this offense is a one-back offense, referring, of course, to the ball carriers. And he, he finds himself in quite the predicament here because he's trying to split up carries between Joshua Kelly and Demetric Felton. It, it's hard, right? I mean, there's just not enough carries to go around. But I do think that Chip made some adjustments to find alternative ways to get Felt in the game against Oregon State. I think you saw that, that Felton set up in the slot, and in essence, the team had to to kind of reduce the number of tight ends they would play at times to 
allow Felt to get in there, which has got to be hard because this coaching staff has an infatuation with tight ends. What we saw from Felton utilized in jet sweeps, his most epic run, a 75-yard touchdown. By the way, he has had four 75-yard or more in length touchdown runs this season. This one against Oregon State, he said it was an inside zone play. There was a vacant area on the backside. He hit the hole, made one guy miss, and he was gone. So what we were wondering is, is it possible to have Joshua Kelly and Demetric Felton cohabitating on the field at the same time? And, and Felton actually got the first carry of the game for the Bruins against Oregon State. So he was a focal point of this offense. Now, listening to the guys call the broadcast, Matt Stevens, Josh Lewin, Wayne Cook, and Matt brought this up a lot in the difference in how both of these running backs were used against Oregon State. For Joshua Kelly, it seemed, and you're watching this game, that most of his runs were through the A-gap and that there was nothing to the outside. Now, Kelly's numbers on the season, he is averaging about 3.9 yards per carry. He was averaging 5.5 yards per carry last year. And against Oregon State, they kept trying to run Kelly up the middle and continuously the front for Oregon State was able to gobble up the run early on. And so we're all analytical thinkers here. We're trying to be the detective, trying to discover and find out, well, why haven't we seen Joshua Kelly play like the way he finished yesteryear? And so there are all sorts of reasons as to why this is the case. I think one thing you can say is that it's been well chronicled that throughout fall camp, he was not 100% healthy, right? And so he missed the season opener, slowly working his way back into the fold. And maybe even at this point, six games in, he's not completely healthy. The second part of this could be the offensive line. And the offensive line is not anywhere near where it was last year, or at least at the end of last year when it was really clicking. The guys up front right now, they're getting knocked around you might have seen this play on Saturday. Boss Tagalo, our center, he was thrown back so hard, he basically did a backflip. And so that's not optimal, right? And then there were missed assignments like Jake Burton whiffing on a block, let Hamaka Rashid Jr. come right in and wrap up Joshua Kelly on fourth and one, several yards be, be behind the line of scrimmage. And this was the fourth and one we went for in our own territory in the first quarter, and that was a total game-changer of a play. So I think what you've seen here is more or less the offensive line is getting out-muscled at times. I know it's been called young, which it is, but I think right now we're seeing that we're not winning a lot of battles in the trenches, and the defenses are doing well in their run fits. And so there aren't really holes to run in as far as between the tackles, and the Bruins, especially with Kelly, seem to be stubborn about trying to establish a running game up the middle, and it's just not working. Now, for Felton, while he is capable of running through the A-gap or whatnot, I think that what we've seen from him is that he's had a lot of outside runs, and those have been massively more successful, right? And why they don't do that to Joshua Kelly and let him do that, I don't know. And I know Matt Stevens brought that up 
on the radio portion of the broadcast on, on Saturday, like, why is it that they are reluctant to use Joshua Kelly in outside runs? And so that's a question I also want to throw out to you. And you can feel free to chime in at LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. What do you think is the reason for Joshua Kelly having a so-so start to the season? I want to hear from you. And again, let me know, LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. All right, coming up next, time management, not exactly grade A for the Bruins in their game against Oregon State last week, and I will explain why. But first, make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Appreciate you hanging out with us on Locked on Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. So the clock management against Oregon State for the Bruins was not ideal, right, in that second half for sure. But there seems to be... uh, an occurrence of this regularly where in the second quarter of this game, the Bruins forgot to call a timeout and they hurt their chances of putting up any points on the board. And that's happened at the end of second quarters in other games as well, where they're driving and there's hope of scoring and they misuse the clock and the play call is not ideal. And so they kind of, do themselves no favors on clock management at the end of the second quarter of a couple games, and then quite visibly in the second half of the Oregon State game. And so you're watching this Oregon State game, and and they're up by 17, right, in the second half. And the Bruins decide to, to get their mojo going on offense, and they take a a touchdown in from six yards thanks to Austin Burton. But the thing is, is it it ate up about seven minutes of the clock. And they got it down to, I think it was a 10-point game. And that was a 17-play drive. So it ate up a lot of clock. But so it was a 10-point game, and there was like, I think, five or so minutes on the clock. And so you're wondering, with still being down two scores, you know, just way too much clock is being utilized on these drives. And because you know you got to get the ball back twice, right, to score 10 points. So you put yourself in a situation with about five minutes to go in the game that you are really resting on your defense. And, and so, you know, Chip Kelly was asked after the game about that, that touchdown drive, right? And why it took so long to to come about. And he said, look, we got it to a two-score game with about five minutes to go, which I thought was a manageable time. Our defense has got to go out there and, and stop them. Well, that's in a utopian society, the defense in retrospect. Yeah, that's a solid plan. But the defense in this game particularly did not show us a lot of any ability to, to force a three and out. We haven't really seen what they're capable of doing when the pressure is on, at, at least not on a regular basis. And so that's if I were the coach, uh, you know, I would have done what, what Mike Leach did. You remember what he did in the second half against UCLA where he decided 
to not take any time off the clock on those drives and not run the football. And basically what that did is that just handed the ball back to UCLA and gifted them time and a chance to come back because of his refusal to run the football. And he basically gift-wrapped more time for, for, the, for the Bruins. I mean, that's the kind of mindset you got to have here in operating quicker. And so, at the same time, I, I do know that we're dealing with a quarterback who just played his first ever start. So, you got to temper your expectations a little bit. And that's exactly what we saw from the offense here. I feel like against Oregon State, Chip Kelly more or less addressed Austin Burton and wanted him to operate a little bit more on the conservative side, slowly acclimate him to the game. There weren't a lot of deep balls. That was kind of kept to a minimum. It was more of intermediate pass plays, a lot of handoffs, a lot of short pass plays. And so with that kind of offense, it's going to take longer, right, to get the ball up the field and the drives are going to last longer because you're not taking a lot of deep shots. Now, I think what Austin Burton proved to us that he's more than competent of, of his handle of the offense, and I think that what if, if he continues to start, that they need to open up the playbook more and allow him to be a little bit more like a gunslinger, right? I, I think that he, he really has a cannon, and I think he's got some accuracy, and then once you get the ball to Jalen Irwin down the field, I mean, that guy, absolutely a weapon that is so good with the deep threats. I'm hoping with what Chip Kelly saw from Burton on Saturday, he'll give Burton, if he continues to start, some more leeway. I want to see more shots down the field because if we're going to continue to play from behind, especially in the second half, and time is of the essence, right, in these games, we're going to have to move the ball up and down a lot faster. You know, if Demetric Felton can't run off every other possession a 75-yard touchdown, we've got to find a way to air the football out. So hopefully we'll see more of that in the future. Now, coming up, there was something that Austin Burton did on Saturday that few felt he was capable of, and I'll explain next. Thanks for staying with us on Locked on Bruins. Brian Fenley with you. So coming into this game on Saturday, you knew Austin Burton was likely going to get the start. You knew he was a pretty competent passer. But be honest with me here. How much confidence did you have in him running the football? I'm going to guess not on the level that you have as far as evaluating running quarterbacks as Dorian Thompson Robinson, right? I mean, when you think of the best mobile QB on the Bruins, I think that most answers would go to DTR. And, and, and rightly so, right? I mean, he's shown a dynamic ability to to pick up first downs on the ground and to be daring with the football and not be afraid to take a hit. But I think what we saw from Austin on Saturday was that he's actually better with his feet than maybe a lot of us thought. I mean, I, I don't know where he is in regards to DTR with his feet. I think that they're closer than maybe initially thought as far as like their skill sets with the running game are, are quite parallel. But it was the ability for Burton to improvise 
when the play broke down and you know we we knew he wasn't some extreme stubborn pocket passer but for for Burton to to scamper you know 13 yards on a, on a play and didn't even have a clean exchange with the running back but he ended up picking up 13 after a play fake using the read option and picking up some nice yardage. The net rushing yards for Burton this season, again, this is the net rushing yards. This is not gain and all that stuff. The net rushing yards for Burton, 72. And, of course, that makes up about one full game and then the little bit he played at the back end of the Arizona game. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, his net rushing yards, and he's played... Much more, right? 75. So, DTR, 75 net rushing yards. Austin Burton, 72. Against Oregon State, Burton, 64 yards on the ground, 15 carries, and a touchdown. Got that nice six-yard touchdown on a zone read play. Faked the handoff to Joshua Kelly. The defense bought on the fake, and then all of a sudden, it's Burton waltzing into the end zone from six yards. I bring all of this up to make the point that Austin Burton is a very underrated running quarterback. Now, I don't know if I'm in the position right now to say he's better than Dorian Thompson-Robinson, but at least looking at the facts, I wanted to bring to light that the talent gap as a running quarterback between Burton and DTR is not as steep, perhaps, as initially thought, or at least I thought, because when I started to scout out Austin Burton, I was thinking, you know, he's a guy who will pick up a first down with his feet in an emergency situation, but he showed the propensity to do more than that against Oregon State, which was eye-opening to me, and could add another wrinkle to the offense. And again, if he goes, if he's the starter at Stanford, hopefully the staff won't condense the the playbook as much as they did against Oregon State, where they're going to give him a little bit more of a complex, advanced workload. And even maybe we could see him channel in that inner gunslinger. All right, so I as, as I mentioned in the intro, I misspoke earlier because the bye week lend itself to the players not practicing on Monday. So the team will speak today, and so I will react to what they say tomorrow on the podcast. Also today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you want more Bruin football content, tune into the Bruin Insider Show. You can find that on uclabruins.com from 5 to 6 p.m., You go to the multimedia portion of the website and then you find the the live audio broadcasts and you can find us. We'll spend a couple segments talking about UCLA football with Wayne Cook, former UCLA quarterback, and Nick Cope. And then we're going to have some discussion about the UCLA men's soccer team. We're going to bring on one of their star players and their head coach, Ryan Jordan. So there's a lot of fun. And then if you're in the area in Los Angeles, you can listen to that Bruin Insider show on the radio from 7 to 8 p.m. 
tonight. So you want to listen to it anytime. If you're not in the LA market, uclabruins.com. Go to the multimedia section. If you want to hear it on the radio and you're in Los Angeles, 7 to 8 p.m. on AM 570 LA Sports. So again, appreciate you tuning in. I know it's a tough time with this program, but let your friends know that this is a safe place to hang out as we try to to get through and look and hope for better times with this football program. For Locked on Bruins, I'm Brian Fenley.